a cheerful giver. The word loveth is an active verb that means he loves on and continues to love on an active believer. And so I want to talk to you about that aspect uh, of God loving on you in uh, Acts chapter 2. You got me going there, babe? Maybe you've been going. This thing's been on for a while. Oh, great. Okay. You're you mean all those good things I said about them are going to go out on YouTube? Okay. All right. Acts chapter 2, if you will. Uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 2. And uh, I appreciate Brother Chris back there on the, on the soundboard and the computer. As you know, we've had a few technical difficulties, but we're pushing our way through it. Amen. Amen. And uh, God, yeah, it just it just requires determination and doggedness. That's right. You know, when when uh, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Yes. Well, that's your pastor. <laughs> you know, I can't I can't afford to hire professional help all the time. So, so I just have to sit back there and figure it out. Thank God for YouTube videos and instructions and, and tutorials and things like that. But you have to just you have to just push your way through it. That's what we're in the process right now of pushing our way through on this thing. And uh, we, we have some improvements. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 2 verse 41 says, Then they that gladly received his word, talking about Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost, it says, they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. That's a pretty good day's harvest. Yes. 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. They didn't, they didn't just study doctrine, but they, they, they stayed in fellowship with the apostles. Because you become like who you hang around. That's right. Amen? Amen. And if you, don't, if you don't continue steadfastly in the doctrine, you'll, it will slip from you. Yeah. And so, you know, this is a formula for success in anything you do. This is the same formula that God gave to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 when he said, if you will meditate day and night in the, in the word of the Lord, you'll have good success. And he said here, these people were, were remaining steadfastly. Can you turn me down a little bit there? It's, it's a feedback. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Steadfastly in the, in, the, in the doctrine and fellowship of the apostles. You say, well, how can we do that today, Pastor? Well, this is an apostolic church. We're, we're members of the same church these people were members of. Now, I know they predate us by 2,000 years, but we're not in a different church. We're in the same church that they were. And so we can, we can continue in their doctrine because their doctrine is here. It's called, it's called the B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Amen. I stand upon the word of God. B-I-B-L-E. Amen? Amen. We, that's the apostles' doctrine. And... and you say, well, in just the New Testament, the Apostles' Doctrine. No. The Apostles didn't have a New Testament. They wrote it. Come on. Their doctrine was based upon the Old Scriptures. Yes. Remember, they, they preached Jesus from the Old Testament. Yes. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, we, we need the whole Bible. We are a, 
a whole Bible, full gospel fellowship that's based upon the teachings of the apostles. And their fellowship. Well, how can I fellowship with the apostles now? Well, we fellowship with them in the teachings, and we fellowship with uh, with uh, their their descendants. The apostolic line continues even today. Nowhere in the Scripture does it say that God removed the apostles from the church. Mm -hmm. That's right. I know you may think, well, there was just twelve of them. Well, you don't, you don't even read the Bible. There wasn't twelve of them. They added a 13th, remember? The Apostle Paul was number 13. Mm -hmm. Judas fell out. They replaced Judas. And then, then Paul, who was one born out of, out of season, you know, he said, I, I, I was the least of the apostles, but he said, I am an apostle. And then there were other apostles that, that uh, there were even women apostles in the Bible. And uh, uh, these were people that were sent that, that had hands laid upon them and they were sent out to do a special work. And uh, like Phoebe was, was an apostle. And, and yeah, women apostles. The first people to preach that Jesus was raised from the dead were women. That's right. Hello? That's right. Now I know that goes against some of y'all's uh, doctrine of your, uh, of your upbringing. But you know, sorry, they're wrong. God didn't ask him, well, are you a man, Mary? Are you a man or a woman? I don't. I can't tell the difference. No, God knew he was telling women to go tell. He told, he told his women, go tell my disciples, go tell the, the brethren, the twelve, that I am raised from the dead. The first people to bear that news were women. And they were sent by Jesus. That's apostolic people. Now, they might not have fallen in the category of office of apostles, but they were doing an apostolic work. And that's what we do. When we go and tell, when we go and do and perform a certain mission for God, we're being apostolic. This is an apostolic church. We're goers and we're senders. Hallelujah. I wouldn't go to a church that, that was not a going and sending church. And there's some big churches big churches around that all they're doing is collecting people and just collecting people and collecting people but they never they never send them on with the uh, on a mission or on a special project they never share them with the world and that's not apostolic that's something else and I don't want to be that I want to be a church that's always we're always having to get new people because we're always sending people off and would when she was a, when she was an editorial was the first person that we laid your hands on at Cornerstone Church and sent off to the mission field. 27 years ago, we sent her to China. A grandmother, twice divorced, never been to Bible school. Had a, she was an RN and had, had hospital administration education. She could administer a hospital, she was an RN, and she was going to China well, she'd try to go to China as a reverend. They wouldn't have let her in. But she went as a nurse, and they let her in. Oh, yeah. And she did a mighty work that's going on today there. And so, you know, nobody, oh, you're not qualified to be a missionary. You haven't been two years to Bible school, and you haven't pastored a church, and you're too old, and you're a grandma, and you're not married today, and you've been married a couple times. You're not qualified. That's what people told her. 
Well, she came to me and she told me that God called her to China. And I said, are you sure God called you to China? And she said, I'm sure. But they're saying I'm not qualified. And I said, Who, what business is it of them? If God calls you, He qualifies you. And, and He will train you and He will prepare you. And she said the work that she did in China, no one could have done but her because she was prepared for that particular work. Amen. And you can tell I'm proud of her. I'm proud of her. I told her. I told her yesterday. I said. I said. I am so proud to have been a part of your life and your work all these years. Yes. Amen. And then to see how God just blessed her with a man of God when she's 77 years old. He sends John Brown, a veteran pastor, pastored one church for 45 years, a, a veteran pastor, to her and her when she needed him. I mean. He met her and she went to the hospital and he stood by her side while she was in the hospital and recovering and they got married and, and then she went back to the hospital for another surgery and then she got out of the hospital for that surgery and then he went into the hospital because he had kidney stones and then he gets out of the hospital and then next thing you know he had a little minor, minor stroke and he had to go to the hospital so she was there for him and he was there for her and they were there together. And he told me, he told me the other day, he said, this last year's been the best year of my life. They're happy. Yes. And we got to be a part of it and get, got to see it and celebrate with them. So praise the Lord. Amen. I'm off my topic, but I, I just want you to know that, well, it's kind of part of it because, because God favors his people who are faithful to him to do his work. And it says that fear came upon every soul. That, that, that is a reverential respect. And many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common. You know there's revival when people start sharing their stuff. Hello? All things common means there was no selfishness among men. When people stop being self-centered and self-focused and selfish and they start sharing with one another and making sure that the needs of the people around them are met, you know you've got revival. You know you've got revival. And he said, and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as, such as should be saved. It says here that they praised God and God gave them favor with all the people. The favor of God. I want, I want to share with you a little bit about the favor of God. You know, favor uh, is defined in the Bible as gaining approval or acceptance or special benefits or blessings. And there is also a close association among favor with grace and mercy. Favor, grace, and mercy all go together in a package deal and, and uh, God... God favors his people. 
That means God, God puts his approval on them. He accepts them. We're accepted among the believers, right? We're accepted among the brethren. The, the early church there that had the favor of God were accepting of other people. They began to accept Greeks. They began to accept uh, Gentiles. They, they, God opened their hearts to not just be Jewish Christians, but to be accepting of other people who were believers also. And, 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 and God favored them with his blessings, his miracles, his signs, his wonders, supernatural favor, and uh, special blessings and benefits. God, the favor of God brings protection, brings promotion, brings prosperity, and, and propels the people of God forward. We need the favor of God in our life. Can you say amen? amen. Uh, look in Genesis 15. Verse one, and we're gonna we're gonna see an example of God's favor. You know where Genesis is? <laughs> I don't know why I was looking at Isaiah. Genesis fifteen. And Genesis means beginnings, and you'd think it'd be in the beginning of your Bible, right? Genesis fifteen. <coughs> now, as far if you had a chronological Bible, you wouldn't be. Uh, Looking at Genesis, you'd be looking at uh, Job. Job was written before Genesis. Are there no Kleenexes in here? Okay. Did this work? Okay. Are you there? Genesis 15:1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Now, God, God's, God's word to Abram was, you don't have anything to be afraid of because I am your shield, that's protection, and I am your exceeding great reward, and that's your benefit. You see, when God comes into your life, you're blessed with his protection. Now, I know it makes it, him sound like some kind of a gangster, you know, but, but you know, I'm going to pay my tithes and God's going to protect me. But it's not like that. It's not like that. God, God puts his favor on us and his favor includes protection. Amen? And it, it, Well, thank you, Chance. You're a gentleman and a scholar. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And, and so God is telling Abraham, or Abram at the time, you have nothing to be afraid of, Abram, because uh, I've, I've singled you out, I've chosen you out of, of all the men of the world, of all the people in the world, and I'm going to protect you. And he, God did. All of Abram and Abraham's life, he was supernaturally protected from his enemies. Kings would, would uh, join forces and come against him, and he would defeat them. I mean, they, he could not be defeated. His reputation got so great that 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 uh, people knew if they were to mess with Abraham, they were going to they were going to mess with God, and they didn't want to mess with God because they saw what God could do, and so they left Abraham alone. They would come and try to make treaties with Abraham because Abraham had the favor of God on his life. You see, the favor of God will protect you against your enemies. The Bible says that the angels of the Lord are camped around about them that fear him and do his bidding or do his will. So the angels of the Lord come and 
they circle you. They, that, that word encamped round about means they circle you and they provide, provide a protective hedge and covering for you and no enemy can break through and hurt you. And God was saying that. He said, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my protection upon you and I, I myself, I myself will be your great reward. So that he was never going to run out of benefits because God favored him. God, God put his favor on him. And so Abraham became the richest man in the world Amen. at his time. Yes. He, was, he was a wanderer. He was a herdsman. He was a, um, you know, what they call those nomad. He lived a nomadic lifestyle. He lived in tents. But if you were to see his tent and go inside his tent, it was a palace. We're not talking pup tents here. We're not talking the kind of tents you would put up. We're talking about these, these nomad tents that on the inside, they had all the comforts of home and all the luxuries of home. Outside, the dirt's blowing, the sand's blowing. You know, everything uh, uh, looks bad outside. You go inside, you're in a paradise. He lived in tents his whole life. But he had the favor of God upon him and his cattle multiplied, everything multiplied. His people multiplied until he had an army. He had an army of 400 horsemen. And he would go out to do battle with, uh, with kings and defeat them and bring the loot home. And he just got richer. And he got richer and richer. And then, then the favor of God was upon his son, Isaac. And Isaac inherited everything that uh, Abraham left. And then Isaac's wealth multiplied. The Bible says Isaac became very great. Abraham was great, and then Isaac became very great. We don't know how rich Isaac became, but he was very rich. Everybody say very. Very rich. Now, if you're against people being rich, you, you, don't, you don't know God. Amen. <laughs> if you're one of those people poor is holy, then I, I challenge you to read your Bible. Just read Genesis. You don't have to read the whole Bible. Just read Genesis. And you'll find out God is rich himself and God loves to pour his favor out upon his people and make them rich. God loves to make people rich. And if you, if you want God to have his way in your life and you want to do the will of God, you need to loosen up and let God bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you with protection. He wants to bless you with prosperity. He wants to bless you with promotion. And he wants to propel you along in life. He wants to put you over the top. Amen. Amen. God's not, he's not interested in putting you under or putting you down. He wants to put you over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what favor means. That's what the favor of the Lord means. Turn to Psalm 75, verse uh, We'll start with verse 6. Psalm 75, verse 6. This is good stuff. That's the Word of God. Amen. It's like Jimmy says, if you don't like the Bible, you don't like the Word of God, you came to the wrong place. You're at the wrong place at the wrong time. Psalm 76, verse... Let's start at... Uh, verse 6. At thy rebuke, O God of Jacob, both the chariot and horse are cast into a dead sleep. What does that mean? 
What does that mean? That means all God's got to do is speak and all the horses of the enemy are going to drop dead. <laughs> so what's that got to do with me? Well, if, if his favor is upon you, God's going to kill your enemies. Did God kill the enemies of Israel? Yes. Come on, people. Yes. Surely you're not one of those people that doesn't believe God. You, you don't think God ever killed anybody. You ever heard of Noah's flood? God killed everybody except eight. And he did it. He opened the windows of heaven and the floodgates beneath, and he sent a flood that destroyed all living things on the earth except Noah and his family. So don't tell me God never kills anybody. You ever heard of Ananias and Sapphira? They just lied in church and dropped dead. And they lied about money. So your attitude about money, God's listening and God's watching. Right. You better have the right attitude about money. And the right attitude is God wants you to have it so you can give it. He wants to bless the sower so that the sower will always have plenty of bread to eat and more so he can sow into other people's lives. And if you're against that, then you don't, you're, you're not in God's program. See, people who don't believe in prospering, they, they believe that all they got to have is enough for them. Because in order for you to have enough for you and someone else, you have to prosper. So you can't give to others if you're not prospering. That's true. Especially if you're going to have plenty for you, plenty for your family, and then have enough left over to share with other people. You've got to prosper. Yes. And so don't tell me you're against prosperity. I know everybody here wants to prosper. Yes. That's why you have jobs. Amen. Or income that's derived off of having a job for... 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, or 40 quarters. Y'all know what I'm talking about? 40 quarters? Yeah. I know a guy, He's he hasn't worked much during his life. He's just kind of, uh, you know, worked at jobs where they paid him cash under the table and all that kind of stuff. So he had nothing. He didn't report anything to the IRS for years and years and years and years. They didn't even know he was alive, you know. And then all of a sudden he started getting old and he got thinking, well, I'd like to have some Social Security. So he went down to apply for Social Security. They said, we've got to have 40 quarters yep. of showing that you made money and paid taxes. Yep. Well, he didn't have 40 quarters, so he went and got him a real job just so he could add up 40 quarters so he could get Social Security. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, Lordy, mercy. Uh, uh, some people, you know, they, uh, he almost waited too long. Yeah, now he's getting older and, uh, you know, he's, he's in his 60s and he's still got to work for a few years so he can get his 40 quarters so he can quit and get Social Security. That's 10 years. And That's I thought, you know, uh, if you'd just been working all this time, maybe you would have uh, uh, not had this problem. But, you know, that's, that's wisdom in the rearview mirror and it doesn't work too good. So uh, Psalm 75, verse 6. Now look at verse 7. Thou, even thou, art to be feared. See, anybody who can speak to the horses and chariots and they drop dead, he ought to be feared. Amen. And then he says, And who may stand in thy sight when once thou art angry? You know, I'm in the wrong chapter. 
You are. That's pretty good stuff. <laughs> okay, I'm supposed to be the 75. Yes. Verse 6. Promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. I don't know who it is, but somebody here needed to know that God can speak to the horses and they'll drop dead. Yes. Somebody needed that. Okay. Because Pastor Thomason doesn't make mistakes. Of course not. <laughs> yeah, I do. I'm just as big a goofball as anybody. So anyway, promotion cometh neither from the east nor from the west nor from the south. But God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. Amen. God is the God of promotion. Amen. God is also the God of demotion. Mm -hmm. I've been talking to him about that concerning certain individuals in this country. I say, Lord, you need to demote them. Yeah. Now don't do them like the horses. Just speak to them and they drop dead. I'm not asking you to kill anybody, God. Just demote them. Remove them from office. Get them out of the way. And promote godly people who have your favor on them. And who have wisdom and who have your best interests at heart. And you know, we, we just witnessed in our country, we witnessed a real act of God. God actually did that. You remember a guy named McCarthy? He was a rhino Republican, but he was the Speaker of the House. And in order to become Speaker of the House, he foolishly agreed to a procedure that, that he could be challenged at any time. All it took was one member of Congress to challenge him and they would have a, a vote and uh, he could be thrown out of office. And so Mr. Gates down here in Florida, a Floridian, he, uh, he recognized the loophole and he said, this guy isn't doing what he promised us. And so he challenged him. They held an election, and, and four Republicans, I believe, and all the Democrats voted against McCarthy, and he got thrown out. Well, then they tried to find his replacement, and they couldn't agree. You remember they had Jim Jordan, and they had uh, uh, Scalise, you know, the, the guy from Louisiana. And, and uh, either one of those men would have been good, but they couldn't agree. They couldn't get enough votes to, to vote him in. And so they kind of looked around and said, well, let's just get somebody nobody knows anything about you. Some non-controversial guy. And they got this guy from Shreveport, Louisiana, who's a member of a charismatic church who speaks in tongues, prays, believes in God, and just and he's, he's more conservative than Trump. And they put him in as Speaker of the House, and then all of a sudden they got the researching and finding out what he believes and what he stands for, and they went, oops. <laughs> but you see God demoted somebody and God promoted somebody and God put somebody in there for this time and this season that is the right one and I don't know how long he's going to last I'm sure they're out to get him they're out to get Mike Gate or Matt Gates I mean you know they've been after him for a long time and he's like a cuckoo in their saddle and uh, I like him just for that but uh but uh, you talk about bringing confusion into the ranks of the enemy, and, and God, God did it. God demoted and promoted, and you saw it. You saw it. Now, I'm not making a God out of this guy. I can't remember his name. Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson. But I like him. 
He has prayer meetings in the chapel there in the Capitol building every day before they go to work. You know, anybody that calls on God has got my support. And I just I just believe that, that God did it. I can't see that man ever getting in that position. That's Nancy Pelosi's old job. I can't see any. Remember when we were praying God demote Nancy Pelosi? Well, you needed to praise God. He did it. Took a while, but he did it. And God is at work. He's at work bringing people down and putting people up. And if you gain God's approval, God will promote you. Yes, He will. Yes, He will. I've got countless thoughts going through my head. People that I know, family members, and I had a brother, you know, that every job, every job he got in life, he 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 was immediately. The manager, the boss, the assistant manager. I mean, he just went right to the top. Every, every place he worked, he'd go right to the top. I said, I said one time I called him. He was out in, he was out in Arizona. He was, he was the foreman over the Salt River Water Authority. That's the, that, that's the people that provide all the water for the valley, the desert. They bring it down from mountain lakes, and they have these canals. And they and you have to order your water. Mm -hmm. I want fifteen thousand gallons of water on Tuesday at two o'clock. Mm -hmm. You got this little gate. Your yard is sunken, so it will hold the water. And you got this little gate that goes to the canal. You open your gate, and exactly at the time you ordered it, here comes all these thousands of gallons of water, and it floods your backyard. You shut the gate, and your yard gets water. If you miss your appointment, your yard dies. Because it's a desert. Yeah. Well, my brother was over all of that. Well, and I would call him up and I'd say, what you doing today, Jerry? He said, I'm bossing. He said, I'm bossing. <laughs> I said, what are you bossing? I'm bossing anybody that will let me boss them. <laughs> yeah. He was, that kind of, he was the kind of guy, he was faithful. He was faithful, he was godly, he was honest. He always showed up for work and God promoted him in everything he did, he went straight to the top. He was always, he was always a manager, boss. He was always bossing. God loved to make a boss out of it. Yeah. The favor of God will promote you. And uh, I've seen that happen in people's lives. Uh, your children, uh, some, some of, uh, of you can testify that, that no matter what your child does, it's just the favor of God is on them, and they get promoted, and they get promoted. Why? It's because faithfulness to God will promote you. Yes. Amen. Because God is the judge and he puts down one and sets up another. And we're going to witness, we're going to witness God raise up a president and a Congress and a Supreme Court and, and uh, state and local officials. I believe in the next 10 years you're not going to recognize this country. It's, going to, it's not going to go down to two. It's coming back up. Because God is listening to the prayers of His faithful people. And He's built a hedge of protection around about us. And He has sworn to bless and promote. Amen. You say, well, Pastor, you know, we're living in the last days. Well, that don't mean you have to be defeated. You see, when the rapture does take place, the wicked are going to rejoice that we're finally out of here and out of their way. Because we're a problem for them and we are holding them back and we're ruling over them the whole time we're here. 
We're in the way of the heathen's progress. So they can't wait to get rid of us, but they can't get rid of us. Only when the Lord says it's time for you to come to the marriage supper and the wedding, and then we'll go and the world will rejoice that we're gone for a little bit. Because we're like boomerangs. You know, we're coming back. Amen. So with the favor of God, we are promoted. Then Genesis 28 I was reading this. I thought about just preaching this whole message from the life of Joseph. Because you talk about someone who found favor and someone who God protected and someone who God promoted and someone who God put over the top. It was Joseph. And you say, oh, poor Joseph. I don't feel sorry for Joseph at all. Because God's hand was on that boy. Uh, let's just look at one, one, one verse. Let me get the right chapter. Please. <laughs> Sierra, I'm always this messed up. <laughs> Genesis 28. Okay. And I got in my notes, 28.40, and there ain't no 40. That's scary, baby. Mm. Okay, here's the verse I'm looking for. I don't have the right address. Maybe Jimmy can quote it to us here in a minute. Genesis 28.40. And he said unto me, this is not Genesis 28.40. But he said unto me, The Lord, before whom I walk, will send his angel with thee, and prosper thy way, and thou shalt take a wife for my son of my kindred and of my father's house. That's Abraham talking to Eliezer. Yeah. And he tells Eliezer, I want you to go and get a wife for Isaac. Yeah, and Isaac says, oh, How am I going to know that, that it's the right one? And he, and he said, the Lord before whom I walk will send his angel with thee and prosper thy way. You see, when God's favor is on you, he prospers your way. Did you find it? Yes. Yeah, awesome. 2440. Yeah. Dun, da, da, da. Thank you, Chris. That was, that was good research. And he said, he said the, the angel of the Lord will go with you and prosper your way. Everybody say, prosper my way. Prosper my way. Prosper my way. You know, the Bible says that, that, that uh, the Lord will direct the path of the righteous. That's another way of saying God will prosper your way. He said to Eliezer, Eli, you know, Eliezer said, well, I don't know, how am I going to be successful? I'm going to go down there and pick out a wife for Isaac. How do I know which one to pick out? How, do I, how am I going to know if he's going to like her or not? Oh, he liked her. As soon as she got off that camel, he took her in his tent. That's instant life. And, and, uh, and how, how do I know she's going to even be willing to go? Abraham said, just, just look at all that gold and all those bracelets that are piled upon the camel. She sees those, she's coming. She's coming. And she came. Amen? But, but he says, Abraham says to Eliezer, the Lord God before whom I walk. 
He will withhold no good thing from them who walk uprightly before him. The God before whom I walk uprightly will not withhold from me, but he will prosper your way. And you know that when he got there, the one and the only one that would be acceptable was at the well drawing water. He hadn't even got into the gate yet and he met up with the one that was going to be the choice. That's God. That's favor. That's favor. When you when you when you don't you don't have to go through any detours or any long searches, but but it, things just fall into place and you find yourself in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, and you make connection with someone else who's in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. And there's this divine synchronization. No coincidences in the life of a believer. Everything, every detail is orchestrated by the favor of God. You need to expect that. Ladies, when you go into the department store to shop, you need to expect to find the deal of the century. It's there. And it may be hidden because God's saving it for you. So you search a little bit, you be patient, and you're going to find something that you'll be bragging about all week. You won't believe the deal I found. Well, there shouldn't be anything like that. There shouldn't be any deal that we wouldn't believe because we have the favor of God. Amen. Amen. You should not have to. You should not have to expect to pay retail for anything. That doesn't mean you can't afford to. And there may be times you choose to pay retail. Like when I'm going searching for clothing, you know, I, if I find something that fits me, I buy it. I don't care what the price is. Because if I wait for a sale, it won't be there. Because I have a very popular size. <laughs> so if I find something I like that fits me, and, and, I, and you know, uh, I'll just buy it. I don't... I, I don't wait for it to go on 80% off because it won't be there. But I have found deals like that. But see, God will favor you and He'll prosper you. There are more ways than one to prosper you. If you're on a fixed income, God can unfix it for you. If you're on a fixed income, God can cause that income to stretch way beyond what you would expect it to. And all the tithers can say amen because you've discovered that. I live far above what my income says I should live. It's because God makes things last. He makes things stretch. And He brings me to these super deals. Amen. And He gives me favor. I needed a car. Just so happened there was a car salesman going to my church. And he had a car. And, and, and God just moved upon his heart and he sold it to me for at his cost. Very good. Praise be to Jesus. Bless that man. Amen. Well, God has blessed him. That's that sitting right there. You know, so I got I got a good deal, a good car, and I didn't pay retail for it, did I, Jimmy? I mean, and God blessed him for his his contribution. You know, God all God's never going to be in debt to you, and so he he always gets it back to you, pressed down, good measure, running over. But if you're walking uprightly before God, you can expect the good deal. Benefits. Yes. 
There are certain benefits to walking in the favor of God. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, moving right along. Uh, you remember what Joshua was told in Joshua 1.7? God spoke to Joshua. And, uh, you know, Moses was dead and Joshua was taken over for Moses and leading the people into the promised land. And verse 7, God says, Only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do all according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. God promised Joshua, if you'll be a good boy and behave yourself, live, live by the rules, I'll prosper you wherever you go. You know that promise is still good for today. If we'll just be good Christians, obey the rules, and and be and, and be someone who walks uprightly before God in good faith, God will prosper us wherever we go. Amen. And I've seen it all over the world. I've gone to places that were poverty stricken, and I've seen people that were serving God and being faithful to God, and they were being prospered in the midst of all that poverty. Amen. They may not be rich like Bill Gates is rich, but they, but, but in their circumstances, in their economy, they're blessed and prospered. And it's obvious to everybody around them that they've got the favor of God. God will make it obvious in your life. Your family will say, I don't know how you do it. You didn't get the education we got. You didn't work you know, like we work. And you didn't skip you know, all your vacations and all your... Uh, uh, Sabbath days and work not around the clock like we did and yet you're more prosperous than we are. We just can't understand it. But you know it's God. It's the hand of God on your life that puts you over the top. Amen? God's favor will, will move you right along. 1 Samuel 12, 6 Samuel said unto the people this is 1 Samuel 12, 6 he said it is the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron. And that brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. He said, it is the Lord that advanced. He uses that word advanced. And that means to propel along the way. It's the Lord that advanced Moses and Aaron and brought your fathers up out of the land of Egypt. That's good stuff. God will move you along. God will move you along. You remember Exodus 14 when they were at the Red Sea and the Egyptian army was coming on down? Well, they should have known that scripture about God speaking to horses and them dying. They wouldn't have been so afraid. But they were afraid and they cried out to Moses and Moses went and cried to God. And kind of, they kind of passed it up the chain of command. Moses is crying out to God. Exodus 14, 15, he says, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they go forward. But lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it, and the children of Israel will go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. Now we know that happened. That was supernatural divine intervention. All the way through, it was, it was a sign and a wonder that Israel still talks about. They still talk about this. And they have found archaeological evidence that, that, uh, that supports it. It really happened. It really, there are chariot wheels right now rotting at the bottom of the Red Sea. Yes. 
Yes. I've seen them. I've seen the pictures. I'm telling you what, folks. The digger science digs into things the more they find God. <laughs> Amen. God is at the at the root of it all. And I want to tell you that, that it was God that propelled the people of Israel over the Red Sea or through it on dry ground. God can move you to where you need to be supernaturally if necessary. So God, how are you going to get us from here to where we need to be? Don't worry about it. Just obey. God had put it, he had put a rod of authority in the hand of Moses. But Moses didn't even know to use it. After, after having used it in front of Pharaoh, remember when Pharaoh's magicians came and they threw their rods down and they all became serpents and Moses threw his rod down, it became a snake and his snake ate their snakes. And then he picked it up and it was a rod again. So he gets into another tight spot and another tight situation. And he says, God, what am I going to do? And God says, what's in your hand? Remember what I put in your hand? The rod of authority. He said, stretch your rod out over that sea. And he did. And it divided. See, God put into our hands what we need to propel us forward. Faith is a motion that moves you forward. Faith is a forward motion. Faith doesn't retreat. Faith doesn't back up. Faith doesn't lose. Faith wins and faith goes forward. Put your faith in God and trust the tools that He's put in your hand. And go forward. Amen. Amen. You know, I believe, I believe that everything this church needs for this church to prosper and, and go forward is already here in this room. I believe that. I believe this church already has the people we need. Already has the gifts we need. Sure, we can pray for God to send us, you know, accomplished musicians and people with talent and skills, a computer technician that knows what he's doing back there. You know, I mean, I, we we can pray that God can send us everything that we're not. But I believe with all my heart that God has already put in our hand everything we need to go forward. Amen. That's right. God revealed that truth to Tommy Barnett way back in Davenport, Iowa, years and years and years ago. God said, everybody you need for everything I want you to do is already in the house. Yes. And he grew with the fastest growing church in America. That's right. In Davenport. And then they said, well, that's because you're in Davenport. That won't work anywhere else. So he moves to Phoenix and does it again. And bigger. You see, God has given us everything. What do we need? His divine favor. That's it. All we need is his favor. And we will be propelled forward in life. Can you say amen? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, the favor of the Lord. Amen. Psalm 84, 11. Uh, let's go back there. Psalm 84, 11 and 12. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Oh, Lord of hosts, blessed is the man and trusteth in thee. Amen. The New International Version says, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Yeah. See, all we got to do is live right. Mm -hmm. And God, 
He will put his favor on us. Amen. Turn to Romans 8. This will be a good one for us to end on this morning. Are you, are you blessed by the word of God this morning? Is this good? Yes. You know, it isn't the most polished sermon I ever preached. I guess it's because of my brother's influence. I was with, I was with Gerald. Amen. Drank too much coffee. Romans 8. That's in case he watches this. Romans 8.31 What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, stop. That is talking about favor. If God's for you, you got it made. Now I want to ask you a question. Do you believe God is for you? Is He your friend? Is He your loving Father? Do you believe He cares about you? That He loves you? Okay, God is for Okay, so if that's true, what can we expect? If God is for us, who can be against us? Can't. They can come at us with their chariots and horses and God just speaks and they drop dead. I'm glad I found that scripture by mistake. All God's going to do is to say, horses, die! And they're dead. I knew a lady, she was in a swimming pool with her little kids, her little girls, and all of a sudden a swarm of hornets came over that swimming pool and started dive bombing those little girls. And mama, you know, her mamaness rose up in her. And she pointed her finger at those hornets and she says, I command you to die. And they all fell in the swimming pool. Dead. That was Connie Brown. I'm telling you, you don't mess with a woman and her babies. That's right. Especially if she knows her rod of authority. See, our rod of authority is the mighty name of Jesus. And she she killed those she kills those hornets. I'm telling you. Hmm. She didn't even think about it. I mean, her babies. You know. She acted by instinct. Praise God. Where was I reading? It is God. It's God on your side that makes all the difference. Now look at verse 32. He that spared not his own son but delivered him up for us all? Yeah. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Amen. That's the favor of the Lord that prospers you and puts you over. Yes. Over the top. You, How many of you want to go over the top? Yes. Well, don't badmouth me for talking positive about God's intentions. See, all I'm doing, I'm just telling you what God wants for you and what God intends to do for you if you'll just be still and let Him put this favor on you. See, there's a great portion of the, of the, of the modern church that, that is jealous and envious of anybody in the church that prospers and is blessed. And they, they've adopted this, this accusing of the brethren mentality. Well, they must be doing something wrong or they wouldn't have all that money. Don't be an accuser of the brethren. 
What, it, it, what you need to do is go ask them. How'd you get all that money? What did you do? I, I guarantee you nine times out of ten, they'll say, I don't know. I just trusted God. I just believed God. I just do whatever God tells me to do. I just walk before the Lord and God, God just blesses me. He blesses everything. You know, if they're humble, they're, they're going to tell you that there's no difference between them and you except that they've discovered how to walk in the favor of God. Amen. Save God favors you if you'll let Him. Yes. Amen. Amen. Don't be afraid to win. Don't be afraid to be victorious. Don't be afraid to conquer. Don't be afraid to get promoted. Oh, I've seen Christians, they're offered promotions and they, ooh, I don't know if I can handle that. Take it. Take it. You can always get demoted later if you don't want it. But take the promotion. God may be leading you down a path to owning the company. And you can't own the company without promotion. Hello. Don't be afraid of promotion. Don't be afraid of advancements. Advancements come from the Lord. And we need politicians that aren't afraid to be the leader. That aren't afraid to be, you know, to be promoted to the very top, where all the where all the bullets are flying, because God will protect them at the top. You don't think you don't think Donald Trump has favor from God? While he was in office, the Secret Service said they stopped twenty-seven attempts to assassinate him. Since he's been in office with less protection, there have been many, many attempts of assassinating him or members of his family. And he says, he says the dumbest, stupidest things all the time, and he just gets more votes and more and more popularity. And it's not because he's so smart. Everybody says, oh, he's a smart guy. He thinks way ahead of everybody. He already knows what, what move they're going to make. No, nobody's that smart, people. Nobody's that smart. Donald Trump's not that smart. What Donald Trump is is a man that God has put his favor on. He's got a, he's got a purpose for the man. And in spite of the man's mouth, and in spite of the man's, you know, uh, total arrogance and, and uh, I mean, he's got he's got narcissistic narcissistic ways. I mean, I I like him actually. I, I I like to listen to him. I laugh a lot. I don't ever laugh when Biden's talking. I don't ever laugh when those other other guys are talking. But 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 Trump keeps me laughing. He's like a comedian. You know, have you seen that? Have you seen that meme where, where uh, uh, Obama is announcing that uh, Osama bin Laden had been located and killed, and he's real somber, and he's and he's using very careful about the words that he uses and all this, and then they then they they show Trump where he's talking about that guy that they found and yes. killed. He said, "We killed him." <laughs> We shot him dead. We, we shot him dead right where he was. And we splattered his guts all over the place. And Obama was over talking about, he's talking about Osama bin Laden and trying to use all the perfect words and everything. Very proper, very, and even sad. He looks sad that we had killed Osama bin Laden. And then Trump's over here said, said, yeah, well, people say I didn't have anything to do with it, but I do like to take credit for it. You know, if I hadn't have been there, it might not have happened. I gave the word to go. I said, I said, shoot that sucker. You know. And so he, he's hysterical. 
Am I telling the truth? Yes. How can a man like that not be assassinated? How can he, how can he not go under? How, can, how is it that they can do everything in the world to destroy him and he still goes up and up and up in the polls and he'll probably be the next president? Yes. How can that happen? Christians, I know a lot of Christians, I'd never vote for that guy. I, don't, I, I don't like that guy. It's not a matter, a matter of whether you like him or not. It's whether the Lord has put his favor on him. <laughs> you can't stop the man if God has put his favor on him. That's right. And you can't be stopped if God has put his you favor like on that. him. Hello. Yes. He's, the, he's the judge. God's the judge. He's the one who demotes and promotes. That's right. And we're going to have a year here, 2024, a year of observing God demoting and promoting and promoting and promoting and promoting and promoting. You watch. It's already started. It's already started with the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Amen. I didn't intend to be political. I'm not political. I'm talking about God Almighty. I'm talking about His favor over you. Amen. That's just a good example. Why not use it? Amen. Praise God. Trump is a good example for a lot of things. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What to do, what not to do. The bikers are coming by. Amen. Praise the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just stand here amazed in your presence. You, by far, are the greatest thing that ever happened to us. When you set your gaze upon us and put your love upon us, it means everything. It means everything. And so my prayer today, Father, is that you smile upon these people. Let your face shine upon them. And may they find favor in your sight. Yes. If there be anything in our lives that pro prohibits that, help us to recognize it, confess it, and quit it. Amen. So that we can live continually under the mighty favor and mercy and grace of God Almighty. Yes. I thank you, Father, for promotion. I believe there are people that are listening to me right now this week in some form or other they're going to receive promotion. Yes. I thank you for protection. I thank you for all the times in my life that you insulated me and protected me from harm. I thank you for prospering us beyond our natural means beyond our salaries, our pensions, 